Are you a business owner looking for real advice and input? You're in the right place. From concept to launch to growth, funding and beyond. Welcome to Startup Hustle with your hosts. One once sold a business for $150 million. The other, the author of Million Dollar Bedroom. Here are your hosts of Startup Hustle, Matt DeCourcy and Matt Watson. And we're back. Startup Hustle, Matt DeCourcy here with Matt Watson. Hi, Matt. How's it going, man? Oh man, kind of going, been going kind of nuts lately. You look like you're in a little bit of pain. I have been. I'm just dying. I've been dying to do this episode and make these announcements, man. What are you doing? What, what's the announcement? Other than saving a lot of money on my car insurance, <laughs> we do have a lot of things that so much exciting stuff, so much topical, so many topical things. And I've just been dying to tell everyone that we started a startup. Wait a second. Yeah. Would you call it a startup? Or kind a of. Yeah. It's a, uh, well, I don't know if anything we do at this point is a startup or if it's just branching out of the many, many things that we do that we often refer to as entrepreneurial ADD. But no, uh, you're my business partner now. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and we've maybe kind of teased that a little bit, but here we are, people. We want to tell you all about it. I think that uh, what's really been killing me is knowing that what we are about to announce today, how it could help your business. And, you know, I want to tell you that this episode is not just going to be a shill for what we're doing, but let's talk about it. And you know what, Matt, since you were the genius behind the name that we picked, I'm going to let you do the honors. All right. Well, can we talk about the problem we're trying to solve first? Yeah. Okay. All right. We can build a little suspense along right. the way too. So, because wait, if we're going to start a business, we have to solve a problem most likely, right? Yes. And we got to okay. have customers. Yes. And my daughter is, I'm not singing the customer song. <laughs> oh, come on. We're going to do a whole on. episode about that. I'm right, thinking right, about right. having my daughter in for the podcast. Yeah, we should. That would be interesting. Well, so the, the problem we have, like take StackFi as an example, is um, software developers are hard to find and they're expensive. And people keep trying to recruit my developers away, uh, which has happened um, almost every couple weeks. It's been a problem. Um, yet, you know, Microsoft or Amazon or some local company around here or random companies from California, they, they keep offering my employees like a ridiculous amount of money that I can't afford. And at the same time, I need to hire like 20 more software developers, but I can't afford to pay them like $120,000 a year. Or more. And keep in mind too, when you pay them, that's the salary. You're going to have about another 20% on top of that. That's your real cost. Yeah. They're freaking expensive and they're hard to find. There's not enough of them. Well, why are they so hard to find? I have a couple comments on that as well. Well, I think it's just supply and demand. You know, you've probably heard me this before. I tell everybody I know that your kid is going to grow up and be a computer programmer unless you can prove they can't do it because they all will make so much money and it's a great career um, that it sounds way better than any other career opportunity at this point. You know, the same way that, you know, my grandparents or my great grandparents learned an actual, you know, uh, trade craft. You know, right. Some of them, they, they were learning how to, you know, be a woodworker or, or whatever they did. I mean, that's really kind of the modern day uh, skill craft. And the thing that, that, you know, I've spent a lot of time thinking about why can't, why is it so hard to find a developer? 
You look at businesses and how rapidly things have changed, even though it's been a decade and a half since this, these changes started to occur. But you, know, you have people that make things like drinking fountains now that have an operating system in them. And, you know, there's just a, such a, you know, 20 years ago, if you'd asked a business like that, if they thought they'd ever need an IT guy or a programmer, they would have said, what for? Well, yeah, we live in this era now of the Internet of Things. Yep. Right. Like our cars have like dozens of microprocessors and controllers and software. And like, right. our whole world lives around software. So why do you think that that has outpaced the ability to fill the jobs that are needed? Our educational system, our college system, um, you know, not a lot of women in technology. So there goes half the workforce. Um, you know, I think about 5% of people that work in IT are female. Like it's, it's a low number, right? It's a problem. It's a, it's a thing that needs to be addressed. Um, but yeah, there's just, there's the workforce isn't there. There's not enough people. So you've actually looked into some numbers on this recently, and that's kind of what helped us arrive at the solution that we'll discuss in a minute. But didn't tell me there's something like a million empty seats for it related jobs just here in the United States. Yeah, that's the, that's the kind of number I've heard. And, um, one of our, one of the people on my team, they went to indeed.com, which is a job listing site. I think he plugged in like software developer or software engineer or something. And then we're just programmer or something. Yeah. Like there was like 300,000 opening jobs in Congress with that. I was reading an article the other day and you know, the, the government publishes their jobs reports, which is a indicator of the health of the economy. And the growth of new jobs that are created month over month is a sign that things are going well or not. And they actually put an asterisk on the numbers. They said, okay, well, we created only about 12,000 new jobs over the prior month. However, if we had people to fill the jobs that were available, yeah. it would have been like the, one of the sharpest increases in job growth in a very long time. And that really supports what you're saying. Um, well, well, like another example of this, of the problem is I went to a, like a CEO, like a meeting um, for Kansas city tech CEOs and stuff. This was like a year ago. And I believe the numbers that I heard was the entire state of Kansas produced like 200 uh, computer science graduates a year. That was it. it. That was it. 200, 200 between like KU and K state and whatever, like, there's not a lot of them, huh. but they said we needed like 2,000 more every year. And keep in mind, for those of you that are listening to the show and aren't in Kansas or Missouri, most of Kansas City is in Missouri. And I can't imagine that it's a whole lot better there. No, no, I'm sure Missouri, I'm, there's maybe, I mean, there, maybe there's a few hundred, but the point is, it's not, it's not enough. I mean, they're just... And the problem know, gets worse and worse and worse. Kansas City is a weird market, too, because we have some pretty significant technology related companies that are here in the nation's heartland. And, you know, like Garmin and Cerner, uh, Sprint decides every other year to bring their headquarters here and then move it somewhere else and bring it back. That's T-Mobile but, now. Is it? Maybe. I'll tell you what. Um, but you know, the, the cost of a developer here in our, you know, everything's really affordable as a business owner here, except for software developers. Well, they're almost as expensive as they are in California. Well, I mean, I think in California, I'd say they're probably 30 to 40%, uh, get paid 30 to 40% more is my guess. Barely makes up for the cost of living. You might actually not make more money by taking a higher paying job there. Yeah, absolutely. And so one of, one of our employees is getting ready to 
leave us, unfortunately, and go from here to Seattle. And I don't think he quite knows what he's in for uh, <laughs> in the cost of living and how much it costs to buy a house. There, you mean like yeah. four grand a month for an 800 square foot yeah. house isn't a good deal. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's, it's a thing. So to, by the way, to go on record, if you ever want to rent my garage out for four grand a month, I, well, does it have a sink? It can running water for four grand a month. It can have about whatever you want. Okay, cool. Yeah. Just keep that in mind. So I, so it's a problem and everybody knows this and especially if you're a startup, I mean, I, it's hard to hire a developer. It's hard to find one. If you're a founder and you're looking for a co-founder, a technical co-founder, all these issues are a problem. It stifles innovation, it stifles growth, it stifles the economy because we don't have enough engineers. Do I get to talk about the solution? Well, how do we solve this problem? You got to go where the talent is. You got to go global. Is. Yeah, you got to go global. You got to go global. You know, they've been talking about globalization for 20 years. And, uh, well, Matt, I've been global for a while. You have been. And You've taught me a few things. Yeah. And, you know, actually, you know, let's talk about that because you've always been pretty open. When I first met you, you were, well, let's talk about the solution real quick. So I've had a presence in Cebu City. And those of you that have listened to the show regularly, that you even got episodes from it, you've heard us talk about it. And, you know, basically our solution has been to ramp up our operation in Cebu. And, in the Philippines. Right, in Cebu. Cebu City is the fifth largest city in the Philippines. Still has about 3 million people there. But it's just an amazing, uh, amazingly deep, uh, you know, talent pool there. You know, you can really find a lot of good people. I've had a really good experience over there when we went there earlier. And now, you know, originally the, earlier this year when I, when I went to Cebu, um, it was to set up an office to help, you know, to have people that work for Gigabook and you were interested in having a few people for Stackify. Yeah. And that started going well, but we started realizing that all the people we knew and that we were friends with and we associated with and our colleagues and stuff started asking, well, tell me a little more about this because I can't even find anybody to come work for me. They all have the same problem we do. Yeah. So... So we turn into a business. We there found a go. problem we can solve, right? Yeah. Once again, opening businesses accidentally. That is the that is the driving force of my entrepreneurism is accidentally opening businesses. But <laughs> I mean, that wasn't really accidental. Um, you know, because we wanted to be transparent and talk to folks. Um, you are now my partner in Gigabook. Yeah, that's right. And with that came some experience and some roots in Cebu City. Yep. And, uh, you know, when I first met you, Matt, you, you were pretty, you weren't a big, Hey, let me, you know, use offshore employees. That wasn't your main driving force when it came to finding developers. And what, what, what changed your mind over that? It was definitely something I was a little shy about. Right. Um, and what were the reasons for that? Cause there's some stigmas that come with it. Well, and so most people in the thing of offshore, they think of India. Right. And I know lots of people, lots of colleagues that have done offshore in India and like 80% of them don't have anything good to say about it. They, they didn't have a lot of success. Right. And, um, but actually five years ago at Stackify, we had a couple developers in Russia. Yep. Um, and they did a great job for us didn't have any issues. Um, today, um, well, just recently, actually go back a few months ago, I was working on a little side project and I had a couple developers in Uruguay. Yep. And they did a phenomenal job. Yep. 
um, at Stackify to this to we right now. We were actually using them before we did anything in the yes. Philippines at yeah. all. I think yeah. that kind of kind before of, we did anything together. Sure. Yeah. Sure. And then I had a couple of developers in Colombia, South America, mm-hmm. and had great luck with them. So I've had a lot of great luck in in the offshore um, talent that that we've used. It's worked great. So I mean, I think that that uh, definitely helped bolster the confidence of like this can work. And um, you know, we have a team here. I've had. Our team, the Stackify team here has been, you know, five to 10 engineers or so. And, um, but we need a lot more. We need, you know, to, to come keep up with our competition and grow and do all the things we need to do. We need way more developers, but we just can't afford them. Um, but this lets us hire people um, in Cebu. We can hire, you know, three or four people for the same price. We could hire one person here. Sure. That's huge. Yeah. So let's, you know, here we are in the 12th minute. We should probably go ahead and make our announcement. Yeah. We are opening a new company. We call it Full Scale. Going full scale. We are uh, the the whole purpose of this company and the problem that we're trying to solve is to allow select clients of ours to be able to fully scale their business and their development teams up rapidly, and to do so more or less leaning on the resources and the people that we have hired and the teams that we have built in Cebu. Yeah. And, and so that was the problem that I, I, I needed to solve, right? It's like, how do I scale my business? I can't scale because my product isn't good enough. I don't have enough developers to build the product. Um, you could spend months just finding the developers rather than actually building the software. Well, what the part that really pisses me off is, you know, so a developer in Kansas city, let's say they're a hundred, hundred $40,000 a year. Uh, they're hard to find. They all have jobs. So that's not a problem for them. So that means you're trying to recruit them away from somebody else. And if you're using a staffing company, they want 20%. They want twenty dollars to $28,000 just to find somebody. For $28,000, I can hire somebody in the Philippines for almost a year. Sure. I mean, that's a huge difference, right? So... So to pretty much sum up what the last three months of my life have been, it's been hiring. I feel if you ask me what I do, I say I buy laptops and hire people. (laughs) How many times have you heard me say that? Well, so so in January, Gigabook had like what four employees? Five, five in in the Philippines. Four in the Philippines. Four in the Philippines. And when you went there, uh, it was March. It was the end of February and the first week of March. Yeah, you had we had there was ten. Yes. About 10. Yeah. So we doubled the staff and we got an office that we thought would last us for a year. And then, so how many do we have today? 35. 35. That's a big difference. Yeah. So it is a big difference. Uh, Stackify has got quite a roster. Yes. Um, we're growing rapidly. And thank you for that. Yeah. But, thank us for that. Well, sure. <laughs> I mean, I guess, I guess I should, but I mean, I, I'm really just thanking you because you know what? I needed one more thing to do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that's, uh, that's been helpful. It's really helped us, you know, so basically what we've done here at full scale is using our own businesses and our own business model, our own experience. And we have smoothed all of this out. And that's why we've been so quiet about it over the last few months is really wanted to make sure that when we announced this and we started doing business with other startups and software companies or whoever we ended up doing business with that we were able to really create value 
and we've actually had a couple beta clients already. Right. Yeah. Big thank you to them. And and thank you to them for sure. Now they're having a really great experience. They are. Um, I'm actually kind of surprised at how smooth it's gone. And you know, some of the things. Let's talk about some of the things that we do over there. So obviously, we do web development and multiple types of languages. Um, that's been you know what doing Ruby, .NET, PHP, Python, other stuff. Um, Lots of stuff, yeah. We've built an entire creative team, which you've just heard me gushing about. I'm so excited about the creative stuff that we've done. Um, we got QA. Team. We have a, have a testing and all the way down to automated testing. And, you know, somewhere down the road, we're also going to start, uh, you know, basically cultivating some of our own future leaders in that company. Right. So, yep. So here I am. I got back on, I think it was around March 5th in this office that we thought it was going to last us for a year. How did that work out? It lasted a couple of weeks. Yeah, exactly. So we you got, know, we, we were, uh, it was like a week or two ago, or maybe a month ago now. I was like, Hey, I want to hire this person, this person. You just start sweating. You're like, you're doing the math. You got the seating chart <laughs> out. You're like, there is no place to, we don't have people. room. So we, so we went, you know, I don't think anybody jumps and builds wings better than we do. So nothing uh, will make you build those wings faster than the, uh, than the pressure of the Canyon floor. I just kept telling you like, Hey, we'll just find some more damn office space, man. (laughs) Right. I need to hire these people. So we went ahead and uh, we now have five offices. Yep. As opposed to one, um, 35 people. And, we're heading over there pretty soon. Yeah, like uh, eleven days from now or something like that. We'll yeah, be there. Yeah. yeah, and that'll be eleven days from when we're recording when this actually airs. It'll probably it'll be within a week. Yeah. Now, why are we going over there, Matt? We got to train some people. We got to hire some people. We got all sorts of stuff to do. We're going to hire more people past the thirty-five that we already got. <laughs> Don't we have a lot of openings to fill still? Yeah. And the reason is the overwhelming response from other startups and software companies. We are literally working through a backlog, yeah. a waiting list. Well, I think, I think everybody has wanted to do offshore and they've just never done it. Or they know somebody who did it that didn't have a lot of success. It's because they don't do it right. But, and that's but, the difference. But you know what's really interesting is, I mean, we should talk about this more, of why we're in the Philippines. So like Jason, uh, so take, for example, Jason that worked uh, at StackFi, he managed several offshore teams. And the one thing he always told me is he worked with teams in India and all these different places, but the only team he had a lot of success with was in the Philippines. Yep. And actually, ironically, I was on a call with somebody today and he's like, oh yeah, a friend of mine has a team and they're in the Philippines. It's it's worked great. They love it. I'm like, you know how many conversations I've had with people specifically that have said that ironically, since it's been weird. Um, and, and I addressed some of that, you know, I did a solo episode a few months back about why I ended up in Sudo. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's really user-friendly. Uh, everyone that we've hired on our team, they all speak English, like surprising, big, surprisingly well. That's the big thing to me that I think is a big difference maker is everybody there speaks English to some level, some good, some excellent, right? They, but they all speak it. And the, I was ta- I was one thing I've always thought, and I was having breakfast randomly with with somebody, and, and the thing she said, I didn't even say it, is like, but do they think in English, right? And people who are very fluent in English, it's a lot easier for them to understand what what's being said to them. Um, but like, I have a friend, for example, who primarily speaks Spanish. She's from Mexico. When you say something to her, she always repeats it back. 
because she's trying to translate in her head. She's trying to translate the language. So now in Cebu, everything's in English and the native language. So got signs and everything. Yeah. I can see how it'd be very easy to correlate your native language with English just because it's literally posted. They, yeah, they just know it. When so my point is, and, and a lot of these offshore teams we're dealing with, I mean, in India, like English was never their first language. They're not fluent in it, and so there's always this huge process process of them trying to translate it and figure out, okay, what did this person mean? And so much gets lost in translation. And you've probably heard me say this a lot before, but so much about software is communication. It's communicating to the, the engineers of what needs to be done, why it needs to be done. It's all about the product, right? Like, this is the product we're trying to build. This is how it's supposed to work. And if they don't understand that, you get nowhere fast. You know, another thing, too, is, is the tools to, do, to communicate have improved. Oh, yeah, and absolutely. And I think that, you know, I think a lot of people... It, I've talked on the show and I spend a lot of time talking to people about all these myths that I believe that exist regarding offshore workers. Now, we're not really using the term offshore. I've been, uh, uh, maybe for lack of a better term, but I've been talking about guided development. And that's really what we're specializing in at full scale. So like, what is that? Well, that's us helping you build your team. People that are dedicated to your project, they work within the... uh, the confines of your project and they communicate directly with you. Right. And we're kind of like a co-working space for developers. We provide the office, the equipment, we screen them, we vet them. Like we've developed a very thorough hiring yep. process that even involves skills assessments and different stuff like that. We provide all the HR, all the benefits. All the all HR, the, yeah. our folks work in beautiful offices. They have they, amazing equipment. They, they, have, they have a nicer office than we do. They have a window. Yeah, I get it. You have a window. I don't, but I'm hoping someday. <laughs> I mean, they're someday. on a like beautiful skyscraper, right? Yeah. On yeah. one side, they have mountains and the other side, the ocean. Yeah. Well, let's actually talk about that because from the very, before we, before I ever got on the plane for the first trip to Cebu, we had already decided that we were going to run a top-notch organization. Yes. We were going to have people that had, that had excellent pay, excellent benefits, excellent equipment, and an excellent place to work. We didn't right. want it to be like a call center. We didn't want people to be shoulder to shoulder shoved in a room. So our offices uh, in Cebu, they're in the nicest building that we could find. Yeah, they're very nice. And uh, I mean, I think it's unfortunate that some of these big companies that do offshore, they treat them like cattle. They do. And you know what? A lot of those people have uh, come and signed on with us. And that was a big complaint yeah. that, you know, that they didn't feel that they were that they were valued, that they were heard, and they felt like they were basically, like you said, like a cattle or like a cog, like a gear and a yep. machine, like an interchangeable thing. We were actually talking to someone else that had used an offshore company, and they would email developer one. Yeah. Like, I just, yeah, that's never really what we wanted to do. But it's actually our approach to this has allowed us to recruit what I consider to be just such an amazing, an amazing group of people. Man, it's 30, the first three dozen people we got. Yeah. Are, are you a little surprised with who we've signed up? Cause I'm some, I am. I've it's been, been great. I mean, uh, one of the, one of the guys we recruited and hired, uh, you know, he was like developer number one at a startup over there and, you know, had been doing Ruby for like 10 years. And, um, yeah, I mean, over here, that guy would be a CTO somewhere. Right. I mean, he, I mean, he was sharp, really sharp. Yeah. So yeah. I'm excited to have him on our team. Yeah, and we've and we've even through some of the uh, hiring process, we've even been able to identify early talent in oh, some absolutely. folks too, which has been really exciting. Uh, I kind of wonder if their education system over there is ahead of ours. 
It seems probably, like they're churning out a lot they of they churn out a lot more programmers. Yeah. Um, I mean, definitely. Uh, I mean, the majority of them are writing in PHP. Um, a lot of open source. Yeah, a lot of open source type stuff. And there's just you know, it's it's a. Uh, I mean, it's th- there really are a, a ton of programmers now. The reason that people have tried offshore employees in the past and they fail is they don't have the adequate equipment. And like some of these folks that you'll hire off of, you know, some website where you find someone or, you know, wherever it is you do it. Now you're dealing with, you have someone that's working at home. Uh, the residential infrastructure in these countries is not as strong as it is for the business stuff. Like our building has fiber we have fiber internet lines that run right. and we have backup power generators and even air conditioning. And like a lot of this stuff, it can contribute. If someone does not have good bandwidth, they're not going to have a productive Skype call with you right. or, yep. or a video chat yep. or, or whatever. And it's really hard for, you know, one of the things before we had the office that would happen a lot over there, you'd be in the middle of a conversation all of a sudden, you know, here you got the little like green light on Skype or Slack or whatever. And then all of a sudden it's just gone. Because the power went out. And, uh, you know, it would come back on anywhere from one minute to a couple hours later. But that makes it pretty difficult to be consistent. And then, you know, some of the other things, too, is, well, people predominantly don't like working overnight. Right. So you also have to overcome a time difference. So if you've only got one person, or you, I don't know, you could really just get the wrong contractor. Right. And not, and then if you're not experienced either, it can just be a total mess. Well, and, and that's the thing is we have an office and we, we screen all these people and, um, it's just not some random dude somewhere. So, so we've capitalized on the value we can provide for our companies. We can do that for other people too. And they all need it. Right. Every, I mean, every single person I know would love to hire 10 more developers if they could find them and afford them. I right? got them. They all have projects to yeah. do. They all have work to do, but they're too expensive. Sure. And the key is for, you know, the price of, of two or three developers here, we can find 10 there. Yeah. And, and, and that's the key is that can enable people to scale up, build a better product and scale their business. Yeah, and that's been something now, some of the reasons you're excited about being able to rapidly add to your team are, well, for, for like us, one of our biggest challenges at Stackify has been support for other programming languages. So we've always supported .NET and Java, but there's like four or five other languages we like to support. But we, I mean, we have to hire, really, we need like two developers for every one of those languages. I can't afford to go hire 10 developers in the U.S. if I can find them uh, that have, you know, those skills and everything here in Kansas City. Um, but it's so much easier to go over there and be able to find them and be able to affordably do it. So it's huge for us. I mean, for, for us to support all these other languages, like that's a big deal as far as our potential market and our ability to grow and scale as a business. Um, that's super exciting. I mean, it's hard to sell someone something that you don't have and that you don't offer. And like, and you know, I've just like, I mean, honestly, just from my own observation, this might be the most excited I've seen you about something professionally. I, you know, honestly, I have been really excited yeah. um, because my team for a long time has needed help. I mean, we've been on a little bit of a skeleton crew. I mean, we have a big, complicated system and we want to do all these cool things, but we haven't been able to do them. Um, you know, another great example of this is, is one of our early clients that we've been working with. Um, you know, she 
uh, raise a little bit of capital. They already had a successful business, but they were trying to do like a whole new product launch. And she kind of had a budget to work with, but she needed more developers to try and get to market faster. Like she's trying to be first to market. Um, and, you know, local developers here, she was looking at contractors that are going to be like $75 an hour, $100 an hour. Like she actually, And she actually had tried to develop a relationship with a company similar to ours who just shoved her off to the side. Yeah, because she was too small. Yeah, and she still is a fairly significant contract, right. you know. And the thing was, is someone else came along and wanted like fifty of the same developers, and they just basically yeah. said, "All right, see you later." Room her away, and you but, know, but we hired her, you know, a couple of developers, and they've done phenomenal. Yep. She's they're getting the stuff done. She's about ready to launch her product any week now, right? So, I mean, it's been and huge, she's, for and her. she's doing it at a fraction of the cost. Yeah. Um, I, I've been really impressed with that. And that only took us a couple, it did take us, we were still getting set up when we got her signed up, but it only took us a couple weeks to yeah. deploy those folks. Now, you know, right now, like I said, we're kind of working through, <laughs> then the floodgates kind of opened and we started, you know, we haven't even talked to people about this. I can only imagine what it's going to be like now. Yeah. Um, but we've, uh, we've put a significant amount of work into what I've been saying is keeping the pipeline full. Yeah. Um, you know, we have people that are starting uh, in a month and six weeks and eight weeks and, you know, just a lot of different times. Um, it is, you know, we kind of estimate we might have 100 people over there by the end of the year, which is still crazy to me. It's crazy it's, to me. But too. it's exciting. Yeah. No, I agree. Like, it's, it's funny because this really did kind of start as just me adding a line item to a business plan that I was, right. you know, saying, Hey Matt, do you want to maybe invest in the software company? And, you know, let's be realistic. We're both kind of lukewarm on it. And then all of a sudden this line item came in. I was like, huh, this might make sense. And you know, you might be able to benefit from it. We can benefit from it. And then we started realizing that there's a huge problem that needs to be solved. I like solving it too. I actually, I'm just such a geek when it comes to business, like, like working with other people. I like to see them get what they want. I like to see a, it's like a win, win, win. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. It is a total win, win because it's a triple win. We, it's we, a win for our employees too. They're getting great oh, yeah, jobs. Absolutely, yes. I mean, they're loving it. Yeah, it's it's definitely a win for the clients we're working with because we're able to help them get the the talent, the developers they they need and want, but they can't afford. You know, we're able to really help the employees, and you know, we can make a couple dollars too. Yeah, it's, so and it's, it really it's a is win win all the way. It really is a win win win. Now, you know, a dollar in, in Cebu is worth about six dollars here. Yep. So, you know, it's not that we're no one's getting taken advantage of. It's just it's just a favorable difference in the economy. You know, locally, right and you know, over the last 10 years, I've spent a lot of time thinking about this because I've actually had a couple of people that have given me some shit. They're like, Oh, you're sending jobs overseas. The jobs that I provide here don't exist. If I don't have that help over there, if I can't afford that help and be able to do that, then my business is going to fail. I don't, Which is I don't get local employees the, here. The, 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 the key there is there are, you know, 300,000 open jobs and not enough talent to fill them. So what happens is we all just keep stealing people from each other. Yeah. You know, Amazon Web Services recruits one of my developers, and I got to go find. I'm stealing from somebody else, right? We're just stealing each other's people you because they have delivered that <laughs> in some ways. Yeah, that's yeah. a whole other story. Yeah, but you know, so I'm pretty excited. You build an amazing team, and you know, we're going to be over there pretty soon, working. Uh, you know, right next to these folks. We've got a lot. I, I feel like this is just getting started. It is just getting started. And I'm, I'm really excited about 
you said I'm excited. Well, I'm excited for multiple reasons. I'm excited for Stackify and our ability to do these things that we've wanted to do, but I'm also excited just about full scale, you know, and what we're doing there. So it's on both sides. It's really exciting. You guys want to check out what we're doing. We uh, have a website that has just recently gone live. It's fullscale.io. Yep. If you want to contact me about possibly getting some of these services for your business, you uh, now here's the funny thing is, is there was only one person could be Matt at <laughs> fullscale.io. So I went ahead with Deco, D-E-C-O at fullscale.io and you can reach Mr. Watson at Watson at fullscale.io, especially if you have lots of questions about things that are not related to the show or full scale, right? <laughs> Matt loves it when I do that. I can answer all the technical questions. I think we determined that 99 out of 100 people reach out to me first. I think it's because I'm nicer than you are. That is not true. Uh, it depends who we ask. We've had a debate about this. And I think there'd probably be a good poll in the Facebook in the <laughs> Facebook uh, startup hustle, a uh, Facebook chat. So I think one of the things that we didn't get into is, you know, how much does some of this cost? And I'll answer my own question by saying it's really variable. Every business has a different set of needs. It has a different set of goals and has a different trajectory. Um, Really depends on what kind of developers you need, how many of them, you know, some language, programming language, programming language, because there's definitely some stuff that's hard to find. It's still supply and demand on that side too. So, yeah. And then, you know, but overall, I mean, for, uh, for, you know, what we could go ahead and predict is a fraction of what, right. Of what you're doing now, you know, there's a little, uh, I think there's an added bonus that comes from doing business with full scale is, even if it's minimal at some points, we're also trying to provide our clients with a little added value just by giving them some good advice about, yeah, absolutely. about what to do. Yep. So I know that with the, you know, the first, uh, you know, half a dozen folks we've talked to and dealt with, you know, that's something I feel like they've appreciated. Yeah, absolutely. Just maybe a little, uh, you know, Matt, you're, you're really good at that because I feel like you have a knack for knowing what we need now, but still not sacrificing the long-term goal. And there's a big difference. And that's where that full scale mentality comes from is like, is what we're doing now, is it equally and proportionally able to yeah. get big without having to revamp the whole thing? Again? Well, and that's, you know, I've been a software engineer for almost 20 years. So it's just, I'm a product guy and, you know, I'm, I love to build products. I love to talk to other people about their products, help them architect them, build them, design the teams, all those things. So it's, it's fun to have those conversations. I'm super excited about all of your experience doing that because <laughs> the greatest thing in the world has happened to me. I don't have to do all that anymore. I've been like the uh, technical, non-technical co-founder at my own business for way too long. And it's like... Well, I consider myself pretty tech savvy, but I did have to Google yesterday how to turn on one of those iMacs. Yeah, no comment on that. that it, they hide the button on the back. Who the hell would have thought? It's sleek engineering. No, it's not how I would design the product. I, I was absolutely shocked a week ago when you said we should buy a bunch of Macs for our employees. I was like, I actually, the, it ran through my head. Where's Matt Watson and what did you do with them? They make good hardware. They make good laptops. Yeah, it's true. Well, you know, everyone that's listening, hopefully you got some, some interesting tidbits here. Fullscale.io. We want to help your business grow. We have a lot of creative ways of doing things. Feel free to reach out. We want to hear from you. Um, you'll get a response. You know, like, let's chat about it. 
whether it's stuff for now or later, we can put you on a good path to growth. Maybe just, uh, you know, hear what you have to say and give you a little advice along the way. But, you know, once again, I want to encourage you to reach out DECO at fullscale.io. And I think also you'll find some interesting tidbits that we'll be publishing through our blog there, um, just related to development or, you know, maximizing certain things, maybe just 10 things you'd like to know about Cebu City. So are you nervous about going over there? No, I'm excited. I'm excited to go over there and meet 35 employees I've never met before. Super crazy, isn't it? It's super cool. Yeah. I've been trying to really make them understand how mean you are. I'm also going to be the second tallest person in the Philippines. That's also true. And I'll be the first. (laughs) So, but no, they're really excited to have us come over. It's, uh, you know, uh, I'm one year away from my most senior employee having a decade. That's crazy. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to need to give him that. We probably need to bring some gold shoes over with us. Yeah. Definitely a three pack of people that have earned those. By the way, your gold shoes look nice today, Matt. Do you like mine? I do. I like them. Hey, it's really funny. I don't know if everyone knows about the obsession for gold shoes that I may have infected a lot of people around me with that. I don't even know where that started, but. You gave me a pair and I liked them and I bought a couple more. And the next thing you know, everybody I know is buying them for me. I didn't even buy them. They bought them. Dude, I can't even tell you how many links, emails, pictures, shares, whatever I get from people. It's, it just needs to be gold now. Someone <laughs> sent me a, a link to a gold like spandex pants. <laughs> as, if, you know, as if my obsession with gold sneakers now. Um, little known facts about Matt DeCourcy. I think I'm up to about 40 pairs of gold sneakers. That's just crazy. It really is. I'm catching up though. <laughs> you know, yeah, you, know, you, got, you got number 10. So. I think I'm at 13. Now, the, the gold shoe in, in our world has also become an award. It has been. So if we give That's you right. a pair of gold sneakers, you've done something to deserve it. Um, That's how I got mine. So, you know, who knows? You're going to contact fullscale.io. You're going to get your development team set up. We're going to help you meet your goals and maybe give you a gold pair of sneakers. All right. That's great. I'll tell you what, Matt, I got a lot of work to do because I got a lot of people to hire. I got a lot of laptops to buy. I got a whole lot of crap to do because I just got to try to keep up with all these uh, new employees. So yep. I'm going to go ahead and sign off and uh, see you soon. All right. Thanks, everybody. Later. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Startup Hustle with Matt DeCourcy and Matt Watson. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit startuphustle.xyz. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on Startup Hustle. You ain't doing reps like me. Motherfucker, go put that 9 to 5. Sorry that I had to go piss. Stressed out, so I tell her it's going to be all right. I ain't live right. I ain't live life. For all day, no, I'm a flip dice. I'm a rogue dice. Get the fuck out of my business.